This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Bloomberg Quick Takes Tim Stenovic on Bloomberg Radio. Tim, how often do we talk about companies going all in on digital or hear from leaders, CEOs, and more saying that's exactly what they're doing, especially during the pandemic? I mean, that is exactly what we heard over the last 16 months. Right. And our next guest says, fine, you can go digital, but it really needs to be about blending digital and traditional business functions if you want a competitive advantage long term. I think it's so timely that we're going to talk to this guest, especially on a day when we're all in on big tech and we're talking a lot about digital strategies. We certainly are. Rob Siegel is a general partner at XSeed Capital, also a lecturer at Stanford's Graduate School of Business, and the author of The Brains and Brawn Company, How Leading Organizations Blend the Best of Digital and Physical. He joins us on the phone from Silicon Valley. Rob, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Tim. Thanks for having me. What do you what do you think of when you hear a company say what what Carol just said? Because they tell us that all the time that the key to growth is making sure that you disrupt your existing business model, but do it in a way that allows you to not actually cannibalize what exists already. Well, digitization is really really important, but it's not a panacea. And increasingly, what I see through the companies I invest in. As a, as, a, as a venture capitalist, but also those that I get to study through my work at Stanford, is that the best companies right now are blending the best of both digital and physical. And we saw this, you know, the pandemic accelerated this, that it wasn't just enough that we could shop online and communicate online. You're all about, case, sure yeah, you're all about case studies in this book. So give us a few examples of some of these best companies. Well, so on the retail side, we saw magnificent performance from Home Depot, from Best Buy, and from Target, who really invested in infrastructure and logistics as well as a great digital capability where people could shop that way. Uh, and we also saw, obviously, Amazon has done a tremendous job. And so we're seeing organizations in functions like retail, financial services, uh, even healthcare, doing a great job of making sure that there's both a digital and physical component to everything that they do. So, you know, it's an interesting time, too, to be talking about this, especially when we've seen increased Chinese oversight of uh, their big tech companies, specifically about data collection and China wanting more, the government, the Chinese government wanting more control. Do you believe that because of this combination of brains and brawn, that some of those big tech companies, they do have too much focus on kind of the brainy element of, of what they're doing and that they need to be either more diverse or more government oversight? Well, you raise an interesting point, Carol, in that what's going to end up happening is how supply chains will reconfigure where manufacturing jobs are going to be placed is a function of the global economic competitiveness largely writ by the, the challenges between the United States and China. Mm. And so no matter what you manufacture, no matter what you deliver to your customers, as every good becomes connected, right, because there's a software component and a connectivity component to everything, digital organizations are going to have to think about where are they going to put their factories. And factories can be, you know, traditional, you know, manufacturing factories, but you also have additive manufacturing, which will allow you to put basically factories at your customers' client sites. And so companies are going to need to think about how they construct all of their digital and physical attributes. And historically, companies here in Silicon Valley haven't had to do that, and that's going to have to change. Hey, Rob, um, we can learn a lot from companies that have been really successful in this transition, but we can also learn a lot from companies that, that haven't been. What are some examples of, of companies that didn't successfully make this transition, and we can learn from that? Well, you can think about, like, for example, Borders back in the day did not do a good job of figuring out what Amazon was going to be doing to their business, how they partnered, how they, you know, 
made sure they talk to their customers. And we're seeing, I think, a lot of the large mobility companies really struggle. One of the companies we look at in the book is Daimler, which is a manufacturing and design engineering powerhouse. But they've really done a very poor job on connectivity, on software. And so they're really struggling behind companies like Tesla, which are going to do a phenomenal job and are doing a phenomenal job of designing cars digitally first. And soon, as you mentioned China earlier, China will become an export player in the automotive market. And so you can see a lot of the incumbent car makers really trying to fight what they were doing before, which was basically bending metal and designing great machines, instead of thinking these devices as, if you will, moving sensors on wheels. Well, it's interesting. And I think about, in particular, our audience. How do they need to think about what you're saying in terms of long-term investment plays? Well, if you are thinking about a physical company or something with a physical DNA, one of the questions you want to be asking is, are they investing in things like analytics and digital infrastructure? Are they hiring the right type of people? Are they you know, developing competencies in ways that they can communicate with their customers? We also need to think about, are they changing you know, creatively their business models as well as the technologies that they develop? Are they really reaching out to their customers? One of the companies we studied was Kaiser Permanente, mm-hmm. you know, the large healthcare provider. And you know, Bernard Thompson used to, when he would come to Stanford and talk to the students, really kind of showed empathy, empathy for all the players in the ecosystem, his doctors, his nurses, the communities he was in, the patients. And he really understood where everybody was shaping their business. And so the question we have to ask about the large incumbent organizations, are they doing those things? Are they really taking risks? and running towards the disruption, or are they just trying to hold on to what they have before? All right. So it's interesting. Um, If the companies don't get it right and do that combination, Rob, of brains and brawn, then what? Well, then everybody who works there should probably update their LinkedIn profile. (laughs) Because, you know, what's going to happen and what, what digital enables is you have companies that can come into new market segments and maybe you didn't see them coming. I mean, a great example of that is Stripe and what Stripe has done in payments and transactions in ways that a lot of the large existing players didn't see who were in kind of the whole transaction and merchant processing account. And so you've got to really kind of be playing offense on this because you don't always know where the attack is coming from. You know, what happens when Uber and Didi go into logistics and what impact is that going to have? on Federal Express and UPS and DHL. So people are going to be completely rethinking their business models and the technologies and the market that they can go after. Hey, Rob, I always like to ask, and we only have about 20 seconds left, um, people who uh, teach at business schools, lecture at business schools, you lecture at Stanford, where do your students want to go work right now? So it's funny, they, a lot of times they want to actually go to what I'll call the sexy tech companies or they want to start their own companies. We are starting to see a lot of, you know, of the students, and we teach students from all over the world, right. who are actually looking at a lot of the larger established organizations who are doing some really interesting things. So it's not just that everybody wants to do their own startup anymore. Right. We're starting to see people who actually want to go in and actually have some big impacts in some of the larger organizations right. because they see some really exciting things going on there. That is an interesting trend. Um, Rob Siegel, thank Thank you so much. Really enjoyed this. General partner at Exceed Capital, author of The Brains and Brawn Company.